Broadcasting live from the Phoenix Business Radio X studio in Tempe, Arizona, you are tuning in to Culture Crush with Kendra Maples. This podcast will dive into a variety of companies that are crushing it with a great company culture. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Culture Crush Business Podcast. On this podcast, we focus on everything surrounding businesses with a good company culture. We do a deep dive into companies that are crushing it with a great culture, as well as highlighting the resources that are out there to help companies improve their culture as well. Um, Before we jump in to introduce our guests and our guest host today, I want to tell you a little bit about our sponsor, Gateway Bank. Remember when the banker, when your banker knew you and they cared about you? This experience still exists today at Gateway Bank, the only community bank in Mesa, Arizona, serving customers valley and nationwide. With Gateway, you get fast, personal service of that small bank feel with the convenience, security, and stability of a large one. Whether you need a loan or banking services for your business, they're here. Visit gcbaz.com forward slash culture crush for details and for a free consultation with the Gateway Bank president, James Christensen. Speaking of James Christensen, I am so excited because we actually brought him into the conversation today to be a co-host with me. James, welcome. Kendrick, thank you so much. It's great to be here this morning. I'm so excited I that you I think I need to bring you to all my meetings. You can just give me a little intro <laughs> right before I come in. That'd be awesome. I would love that and just welcome the group to you. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm super excited you're going to jump in and help guide the conversation and introduce us to our guests too. Great. What a treat. Well, first of all, we'd like to welcome Lori Erickson this morning. And uh, Lori, can you tell us a little bit about you and your business? Sure, sure. Thanks for having me today, Kendra. James, both of you. I started Project Pros about 10 years ago. Uh, We do all the back office stuff that most people don't want to do, shouldn't do, so they can concentrate on their business uh, instead of being so far in it. So bookkeeping, HR, admin, phone answering, all the stuff that nobody wants to do. We do it happily for you guys. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Lori. And our other guest this morning is Ben Johnson. Great to have you here this morning, Ben. Thank you. It's good to be here. So can you tell us a little bit about you and your business? Uh, yeah, my business is Arizona Web Pro. I mostly do automation, uh, data pipelines, so moving data around from different systems. Basically the same thing as Lori, except with with bots. You know, <laughs> just all the things that people don't want to do. And uh, I can set up an automated process or artificial intelligence solution to just kind of take care of all the annoying things that prevent you from doing the things that uh, business owners should be doing. (laughs) True. And so having the two of you, I'm really excited to have the two of you because one of the things with Culture Crush, we have eight different areas that we focus on when it comes to resources to help companies improve their culture. And a lot of people think of culture and they think of like, oh, the fun stuff and we we support each other and we trust each other and all those things. Absolutely. A thousand percent, they're part of company culture. There's this piece, though, that has to do with the infrastructure and the processes that are in place and the technology that's in place. How are these tools and programs we're using communicating with each other, right? If that stuff is not in place and not 
doing well, right? Then yeah, it's fine to have a taco lunch and, you know, do team outings and support your staff when they need time off. But there's a lot of this back end stuff that if it's not working, it's going to cause stress on the team. It's going to cause that company culture to not be as connected because people are worrying about the things that they shouldn't be worried about, right? So that's why I was really excited to bring the two of you into this conversation today. And you highlighted a little bit of your companies, but I want to dive more into the meat of what you do and how that connects to company culture. Ben, we can start with you because you and I talked recently about this and with AI is such a big thing, right? And you hear people say like, oh, well, it's going to get rid of people. Okay. That's a thought, right? But talking with Ben, you and I talked about the fact that it doesn't get rid of the people. It gets rid of like the shitty parts of what you're doing, like the crummy parts of what you're doing and it allows the people to be people and do people things. So I want to start there and kind of dive into that space with you guys from that company culture lens, right? The tech side, automation side, and and from there. So then maybe we'll we'll jump in. Like sure. Talk to me, talk to James and I about like with what you're doing and how you're automating, how you're connecting these programs, like big picture from culture, right? How is that happening? What does that look like from your angle of supporting companies? Uh, yeah, so I have, I usually try to t- not get too deep into tech speak with <laughs> with business owners because they their eyes glaze over and they smiling and <laughs> nodding and, and I lose them pretty quick. So I just, I try to focus on something that they enjoy doing, like it, let's say they're into golfing. And so I, I try to explain it like AI is like your caddy. It's going to carry your clubs for you. It's going to maybe make suggestions on which one to use. It'll drive you around. But it's not going to do the fun part. It's not going to actually swing the club for you. You know, mm-hmm. that's what you're there to do. And so uh, I usually try to focus uh, around that. And and I'm not the best business person. I don't know how to do bookkeeping. I don't know how to do HR and so I look at them and I just sit down with them and see, okay, what are you doing? How are you doing it? And then I, I look for those opportunities to do, like I said, okay, let me build a little AI caddy for you to kind of queue up the work for you and get you ready, but not to, not to replace anybody or not to displace, but to actually let the employees that are working for a company actually make them enjoy their job again and take all the stuff that they they really don't like doing and take that off their hands from them. Which to me sounds fantastic because <laughs> I know from different jobs I've had in the past, like those are the things that weigh you down mm-hmm. when you're doing these monotonous, copy this from this program and then put it in this other program. Well, why can't the programs just <laughs> connect with each other? And I love that analogy of the golf caddy. I think that makes sense to people, especially in the terms of like technology and AI and things like that. People get nervous, but really you can use it to your advantage. Yeah. yeah ever since ChatGPT came out, it's a little bit easier to have these conversations because people actually are using it now. Mm-hmm. So before when I said AI, they just, oh, neat. <laughs> <laughs> I want to jump over to James and Lori with you guys. James, especially from your perspective of working in a bank, 
right? Like there's a lot of guidelines and a lot of parameters and a lot of things that you probably can and can't do. So I'd be intrigued to hear like from your perspective of the growth and opportunities with technology and AI that you see happening in the bank space. Sure. It's changed pretty significantly in the 37 years or so I've been a banker. The first thing I will say is my AI caddy would heckle me. <laughs> oh, I would, I would program it specifically yeah. to do that. For you. Pretty sure that would happen. <laughs> you know, the, the, the interesting thing about any kind of business, and I like the idea of, of pulling this into process and procedures and improvement into culture because it's so much a big piece of, of how that all the, uh, the, the whole thing works together. You know, I've told people for years, you know, process and procedure isn't the sexy part of the job, mm -hmm. but it is so critical when we yeah. started talking about bank failures or companies that didn't work. So much of it had to do with not having this process mm -hmm. and procedure. So some of the areas, you know, as bankers were, you know, we're kind of like my dog. We fear change. But there's areas that it has made a big difference in decisioning and where, and, and I think what people need to understand is that you can set your boundaries for what you yes. want to use AI for. So we can use it to help with decisioning, but then that decision is still us. There's yes. still that human decision behind it. But a lot of that legwork that goes into deciding, okay, you know, you, you applied for a loan. Are we close on this? Does it fit in this category? And it really can help limit down to, it really probably takes several days out of that decisioning oh, yeah. process <laughs> and then helps us focus on what's the most important. We look at AI as a friend. And I don't really, you know, our team, I think, if anything, well, our team continues to grow, but, you know, because we need more, more folks out to, to execute. But really on the front end and the back end on loan documentation or loan decisioning, AI helps in that process. Yeah, definitely. Lori, but what about you with Project Pros? I mean, so much of what you're doing is from like a the main project standpoint, right? You've got a ton of people on your team that are that are working on this. Like tell us how does the technology mm -hmm. kind of factor into process improvement at a at a big level with you guys too. Yeah, so we, you know, we really go in and kind of find their pain points and mm -hmm. try to alleviate their pain points. I think that's probably common for everybody yeah. at the table here. And, you know, we, I don't know if we use AI so much. I mean, we do because we help with social media and things like that. So we use some of that to really help with, with that blog so it doesn't take nine hours to write it. It, you know, cuts that time significantly. Mm -hmm. But we also look for those solutions with different programs. And that's why I'd love to have more conversations with Ben because, you know, even the HR piece that we do, you know, there's a lot of great software out there. It still needs to be managed though. Like you can't just say, okay, you know, this program is going to take care of all my HR because you still need to have that human touch to put that information in and then the employees can take it over and all of that. And it makes it simpler for everybody. Mm -hmm. And really that's kind of where we come in is where we want to give those resources. We're a great think tank. Mm -hmm. So we have just lots of different people with lots of different experiences with lots of different programs that we try to automate all that stuff for them, that think tank to really get them where they need to be and mm -hmm. help them with their culture. So just like Ben said, taking some of that stuff off that employees dread coming to work for, you know, even my team, just take the stuff off that is just monotonous that you do over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Do you have conversations with these leaders? Like, 
do you see it being an easy conversation or a harder conversation when you connect it to the culture piece? As far as? Like just when you're trying to eliminate those pieces, mm-hmm. using technology, connecting, you know, what you guys can do for the company, right? Do they start to see that it's more of just, like James said, it's not sexy, mm-hmm. but it's part of the important pieces to grow the company and grow the culture. Do you have, do you start to see those conversations and even like those aha moments with businesses when you're working with them? Yeah, we just, uh, you know, we just uh, took on a fairly big client and there was huge resistance on us coming in and taking over all their finance and taking over all their HR because they thought that they were going to lose like that within the company, you know, and Mm. being able to talk to that person. Um, We've been with them for about six months now and just the amount of stuff because we're a team and we're trying to find all those solutions for them, how much time we've cut out of their days, how much we've gotten done as a team because we can pass those projects off and, mm. and you know, everybody can get involved. And, and we go back to their team and have them help with that stuff too. And they've big aha moment because now they're like, we want more vendors like you. like And, <laughs> and not that they've eliminate absolutely any employees. Like those employees are still all with them. It's just that we've made their life a lot easier. So. Well, and there's huge importance of what you're saying of finding the right vendors, Mm -hmm. not only the vendors that can like fill the gaps, Mm -hmm. right. But just vendors and folks that you align with. I mean, James Gateway Bank is a perfect example. James came on the show a few months ago and Mm -hmm. we're just having these conversations and we're building these relationships and and we're like, we're, we align. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, yeah. we got to find out how we can support each exactly. other more because we do align. Yes. And we're in the same space of, you know, building good community and building yeah. good people. Well, and, you know, a lot of people will hire somebody and they'll give them three hats to wear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, nobody's good at three different things. They've really perfected one thing. And so, you know, with hiring more of a team, even AI, you're getting that specialty stuff that they're really, really good at. And you're not asking them to do something that's way outside their comfort zone. Yeah. So. I was listening to a podcast. Mm -hmm. I can't remember his name. I think his last name is Bustamante, Mm -hmm. a former CIA operative. And he was saying that because the CIA is really good at very small, effective teams. And he said every team you need a bear, a lion, uh, I don't know. He, there's four animals. Awesome. And he was talking about that exactly. There's an organizer, an implementer, an idea person, a networking person to focus on on the networks. And and I, yeah, I'm definitely, maybe on a good day, I can handle two of those. But, <laughs> exactly. uh, you do need, it is hard to wear those different hats. It's definitely something I've seen and experienced myself. Yeah. And especially with growing companies, I would imagine, I mean, all three of you are working with companies of all different sizes. Karen and our producer, Jesse, here, we have been reading the book E-Myth and the, like the stages that a business goes through and when it's in infancy and and the in the beginning is when you are doing all of the things, right? and the gal that he compares it to, it's this gal who has a pie place, right? And he's talking to her and she's the business owner. She's like, I hate making pies now. <laughs> like that's what she started her business as because that's where her passion was. But then she got caught up in 
all of the other things, right? And so that's what I love with the two of you and what you're doing is you're you're getting rid of all of those things so that people can go back and and do what they're passionate about. That gal can go and make some pies exactly. <laughs> and not have to worry about all of the other pieces, right? Are there particular things that stand out that you see are like common themes with companies that you both are helping? Is there like, oh, everybody needs help in this one <laughs> nook? Or um, what does that side look like? I definitely noticed the the biggest thing every single company that I've worked with. There's the number of different software tools that are used is, you know, insane right now. And just a solopreneur, one person, you know, I asked her, how many different software programs do you use to run your business? And she's, oh, probably like five or six. It's quite a few. I said, we'll see. And so we went onto <laughs> a, a whiteboard and we actually mapped it out and it was like 27. Oh, geez. And that's a single person business. Most people don't realize, they don't have a clue how many different software programs. Uh, and a lot of them think, oh, the answer is using some all-in-one solution. But those are just as bad because those are very greedy with their data. And there's, mm. and then you're basically forcing your business to use this template that is represents the average of your industry. And so there's not much room for innovation. And so these all-in-one tools have their own sets of problems. So mm. the number one problem is nobody really owns their data of their business. And moving the data from one system to another is a headache. So that's the main problem. If I had to <laughs> roll it all up into one is, is getting the data from all the different places into a place that they have ownership and control yeah. over. Hmm. And so how do you do that? Uh, that we'll have I'm to, like... I, will, I would gladly show you. That's yeah. automation. Yeah. Lots, yeah. Putting, it together, all, putting it all together. That's mainly what I do. Uh -huh. um, yeah, I have one of my clients there. It's an oil company, and I'm processing 50 million data points a day, just moving data around. And I'm I'm able to have my time to have other clients do podcasts. <laughs> I spend about half of my year traveling overseas, and, oh, and wow. it, because everything's automated. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really, and I think that speaks also to just having those different programs is so important though yes, yeah. and having them talk to each other because a great you know person example of that is if they hire somebody for their bookkeeping for their finance they always get stuck with hr yes. they have no idea what they're doing in hr <laughs> yes. everybody we take over is like hr is such a nightmare at that point because <laughs> you've got somebody who's never been in it they've never done it and so having you know it's just like having the programs for it like having yeah. the right information, the right systems to make all of those things kind of work together. So, yeah, yeah. So there's the individual comp uh, people who work on each mm -hmm. role and sometimes they'll be given two or three roles. Exactly. And there's also the software tools themselves. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you might have two tools that both have overlapping functionality. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how do you make a, you know, how do you work with, you actually have to you have to think about what is the best person for each right. role. And, and I use AI to create personas. So I have kind of a, an HR bot. I have a oh, cool. payroll bot. I have a, uh, a yeah. project management bot. And I give them a personality and I give them a goal, you know, so I have uh -huh. these conversations with them as if, 
And so if you have one person and maybe have two roles and one's one of their weakness, you can give them a little AI buddy they can chat with to ask them the questions where they might fall short on. Oh, that's really cool. And I'm sure it's saving them money because you're probably oh, yeah. eliminating all kinds of uh, and it's not programs even, too. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. That's usually the, how the first thing I do with a client just to justify my own costs i say what are you what's your most expensive tool exactly and then project number one is let me just get rid of that tool for you and i've always i mean i'm always able to do that for a business and oh you're paying ten thousand a year for this program okay give me a weekend and i'll <laughs> remove the need for that and then from that point on it's all yeah. just profit and savings and so yeah it's, that's awesome it's pretty i love that it's pretty fun all I'm envisioning right now is you having a team meeting with a bunch of, <laughs> yes. a bunch of AI. Pods. I have stuffed animals, <laughs> coffee cups in front of I'm each one. I have a microphone and it's like right? back. I spend a lot of time traveling and I spend a lot of time of a, alone. So give it another year and I might be there. <laughs> the way I'm going. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at Lori and I know... Not only are you in this space of helping eliminate, you know, um, areas of stress for companies, mm -hmm. but you focus really, really hard on the culture of your company. So I'm looking at her thinking of this, and then I'm looking at you, and I'm like, Penn's just got AI bots and team meetings. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. But there's still a culture of what you're growing because, like you said, you yeah. get the chance to travel and do all this other stuff, too. Yeah, and I get to pick the clients I work with. Mm -hmm. I just had, uh, I was approached by a company that was starting up a new AI company and they wanted to bring me in as a co-founder. They're, it's a pretty decent thing. And I sat in on a few meetings with them and I'm, nah, <laughs> like, it's not really a good culture fit for yeah. me, you know? And so, yeah, the freedom to actually choose the clients and the vendors and everything that I work with. And also, I work mostly with resources overseas, and so I get to be empower them a lot too. A lot of them mm -hmm. don't have a lot of confidence, and you know, like they don't understand America or what <laughs> how things work here. So I can do a little bot that basically takes a sentence that they write. They might write a response to a customer email, but they're they speak their English they learned in Philippines, and mm -hmm. so I have a little prompt. It runs through and say, "Oh, I'm." a native Filipina speaker, and the person I'm talking to is in Australia, and rewrite this using Australian local native dialect. And, you know, That's it just cool. runs through these little tiny yeah. filters that just make it sound so the, you know, they use the word mobile instead of cell phone or, you know, just these little things that you don't think about that oftentimes can cause some miscommunications. It just kind of removes a lot of those too. So it's it's a lot easier to work with. Huh. I didn't even think about it from like that communication standpoint mm -hmm. of who you're writing to, who you're presenting information to. Uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time overseas. So there's been some pretty embarrassing communication uh, <laughs> <laughs> snafus that I've learned to just try to account for. Huh. Okay. Very interesting. Lori, I want to shift over. I'm like shifting back and forth on the side <laughs> okay. of the table. I okay. want to shift over to the side with you and James. With you guys, it's different. With Ben, you're, you know, doing a lot of this back end. You're connecting some folks, but you're not necessarily in the same space as a team of folks. Lori, I know that you are being really focused on trying to improve and, and grow your culture. James, I obviously know Gateway, and I'm I'm getting to know more and more. And I just 
I love that I feel like I follow Gateway Bank. I feel like I follow Project Pros and stuff on social media. And it's like, it's it's a real feel. It's not just like, here's a bank, here's project stuff. Like mm-hmm. there's people and there's humans and there's more depth to what's going on. How, like, where was that fueled for you to be like, hey, this is a focus. I want to do this business. I want to start this business. And also I need to grow my team internally. You know, I think it started back just coming <clears throat> from corporate America and mm-hmm. just knowing and with you being a small bank, I'm sure this resonates with you too. Just, but being um, just no culture, you know, they, it, you were in there, you were a drone, you were, had to get it done, had to hit your numbers, you know, and I just, you know, y'all get burnt out. I mean, everybody gets burnt out from that. And mm-hmm. I, most small business owners that I help talk to, they kind of came from the same place. So there's a commonality there to start, you know, with a lot of our clients and then just, making sure that that's not the culture we have at Project Pros. And, you know, one of the best compliments I got is we go around in our staff meeting and kind of tell, you know, what's a gripe and what's happened that's positive, you know. And one of the girls wasn't even like a compliment directed to me or the company. It was just more of, she's like, I love showing up here every day because I get to work with my besties. And so I was like, you know, that's just speaks volumes for where we're at and what we're doing because everybody wants to be there to help our customers and help each other. And and so that's really just what I focus on and make sure the team's engaged. And, you know, if there's there's always problems, right? Everybody's got families. Everybody's got health issues here and there. And just make sure you're human to them. And, you know, they can go take that time they need and they come back that much more fired up. And so that's kind of where I came from as far as corporate never did that. They expect you to show up if you were half dead on the side of the road and (laughs) come and produce your numbers, please. You know, we don't care what's going on with you. So that's kind of where I come from. And that's just really super important to me. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I would bet that was, that's similar to you, James. I mean, a bank is, you've got things you do, right? Right. (laughs) But then there's such a people aspect to what you're doing. Yeah. I would say the first 20 years of my career more in the corporate world was when they said they were going to bring in an efficiency expert, it meant people were going to get fired. That's all it meant. And typically it, the people that hired the efficiency experts are the ones that should have been fired and it would have made it for everyone else. And, and it's just, you know, when you display that creativity, it was like, no, this doesn't fit in. This is not how we do things in, cor- in the corporate world. So my AI bot would have to be kind of a mix between Snoop and Samuel Jackson. So <laughs> I just, whenever whenever it greeted me, I just wanted to say, phone shizzle. <laughs> but, but I think having on on the, you know, the, the tie into the culture and what both your companies do is, is, you know, I think sometimes management's like, okay, we need more, we need to focus on this directive. I think a really good leader looks at his team or her team and says, what are they really good at? Mm-hmm. And if I can get that that AI tool or I can get I can bring somebody in to help with my processes to get rid of this, the stuff that has to get done that nobody really wants to do, so where they can focus on where they're really, really strong. And I think that's where it's kind of fun to guide people in that direction. I've had so many people tell me, they're like, I will not do sales. I won't do sales. I'm never going to do it. And they are so amazing at it. And it's like, well, you just did it. You didn't think you did it. But, you know, when people come in, you just give them that feel, that culture. And I, 
I think when when we pair those decisions instead of management saying, you know what, we're changing who we do our HR with, everything else. It's like, so beforehand, they're all bought, bought into that decision. And then when they come in, you're all part of the process. It's, you know, what, like when we look at some of these tools, the people that it would affect most are helping make that decision. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wow, this is amazing. I didn't even know that was something we could do. Mm-hmm. Now I can focus on this. So really, I think the side benefit is you do get the efficiency and the scalability, but that is a byproduct of having a really happy team on them getting to focus on what they want to do. Yeah, I think a lot of large businesses, they treat their employees like bots. You know, they expect, here's the input, this is the output I expect. And that's 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 how you deal with a bot, but that's not how you deal with a person. So the more, the more we can automate, like I said, the boring stuff, the things that bots should be doing and the humans shouldn't really be doing, then they can treat the bots however they want. They can be very abusive to them and, you know, and then, and one of my clients, I created a Taylor Swift uh, inspired bot for her. And so it looks at her projects and her tasks that she has. And it sends a text every morning just saying, Hey girl, this is what you got going on. You got this. If any challenges come up, just shake it off. You know, and she loves it. She is just, she's usually texting me constantly asking me, Ben, how do I do this? Oh, my website has this error, you know? So I just basically made a bot and I trained it on all her data, her business, her website. And I just say, here, just text this number. This is your, this is your new personal assistant, SwiftBot. And she just loves it. She's sending me screenshots of some of the responses and I'm even surprised. I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. (laughs) And my phone rings a lot less and she's a lot happier and it's, it's fun. She, she really loves it. And and then, yeah, and, it's, and she's a lot, her her bot is a lot more cheerful than I am at six in the morning. So <laughs> uh, it, it, all, it works out great. That's awesome. <laughs> it, it, that's funny because it goes back to, Lori, what you were saying with one of your teammates. They said, oh, I'm, I get to hang out with my besties, mm-hmm. right? She's got her Taylor Swift she's bot. Got her, <laughs> she's her, got her, her bestie. Her role model. Yeah. yeah. Text yeah. message. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then, Lori, your team has their besties. And I, I really like that you, that your teammates said that because there's a lot of times in this room, we're having these conversations about culture and companies tend to say, oh, we're like family, Mm -hmm. which is, I get where that (laughs) comes from. But at the same time, like my family doesn't pay my mortgage. (laughs) So if I get mad at my family (laughs) or, you know, there's, there's a different level there. So I, I love the the bestie kind of side to it because it's still kind of that like family feel, but also there are a lot of things that are not very family. <laughs> well, and there's still accountability and there's yeah. still everything that gets, you know, that goes into a business that you've got to keep perspective on. So it's not like it's all rainbows and butterflies, but everybody can get grounded and they can come back to center and figure out, you know, okay, so I screwed that up. But, you know, that's another piece of it too is, you know, I think with the comfort that we have in the company, you know, everybody owns their mistakes. It's not like they're pointing fingers and they're going, oh, Ashton did it. And, you know, it's <laughs> like very much owning it and they're working together to figure out how to help that customer or if it's internal, you know, how do we fix this and make us a stronger, better company? Yeah. So. With the comforter that companies that you're mm-hmm. working with mm-hmm. um, and the customers that you're helping, is there like a niche that you really like? Is there 
an industry or a type of business that you and your team really like helping? You know, the answer should probably be yes, but the- <laughs> it doesn't have to be. <laughs> but, you know, we, um, you know, when it was just me, I used to bottleneck everything. And now I've got managers in place. So it's almost like, you know, we're running four different companies uh, mm-hmm. within one. So it just depends on kind of what department you're talking about. You know, um, bookkeeping is all across the board just because everybody needs bookkeeping. Like who doesn't need bookkeeping and and do it efficiently and try not to do it themselves because most people just don't know what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, uh, you know, with phone answering, we love lawyers, love doctors. You know, we do a lot of naturopaths, so we just love them. We get to interact with their customers and make it feel like we're just part of their team. You know, when it comes to that, our staff is amazing with that piece of it. And I think that goes back to culture just because they answer the phone with a smile and, you know, you can see that smile through the, through the phone. So niche is not particularly, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) we're just kind of, we kind of pick up, you know, those pieces and see how we can help best. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and I would assume Ben, it's the same for you. Like there might be a niche, but really you can help I mean, yeah, if you can give any... a Taylor Swift bot to somebody, I feel like you can help anyone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, generally, I focus on companies that have a lot of data. So, I, okay, let me look at your sh- spreadsheets. Let me look at your databases. Lately, I've had a lot of project or, uh, property management companies that just have a lot of property. Or, you know, there's with that, there's a lot of layers of the data. So there's there's the property management companies, there's the building owner, there's the tenants, there's, so there's multi-dimensional uh, data objects that that that's where I can help the most when it's not, when it's just a, you know, mm-hmm. here's a product that I sell and I have customers. Yeah, I can definitely help them too, but I like it when there's, you know, the amount of help I'm able to do is, you know, just like... I've had a lot of clients just sitting there with their mouth dangling open and just like, what just happened? How did you do that? What? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, those are the moments that I enjoy is when I can really help somebody in a in a different level than they even thought. And, yeah, it's pretty much any genre that has a lot of data. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the part that's cool. When you and I sat down, you were like doing stuff on the computer and I was like, How, where is this stuff coming from? Like, this is like... I was like, this is magical and also a little creepy, but also yes. really cool. <laughs> and you you don't know that you, I feel like with both of you, right? Sometimes you really don't know the space that you need help. That's why I love what I do in this space is I get to work with companies. I get to evaluate and look at the big picture of what's going on. And then I get to learn, okay, well, your your teams are great. You're giving them opportunities to have employee engagement and growth and all these things. But I can see the gaps of, oh, well, there's communication issues. Okay, well, why is there communication issues? Oh, because you don't have a good process in place for that. Okay, well, you don't have a process in place for communicating with your staff, then there's going to be some issues, right? So I get to look at it from a big picture, find those little pieces, and then add in companies like the two of you to then okay, if the issue is, you know, the the tasks and the doings and there's too much on one person's plate, right? You guys said it earlier, like sometimes you have four hats. You can't successfully do all four hats. What can we pull from and, and outsource? Like 
And then again, it goes back to building the culture of the company internally. If you're taking off some of those, like James said, the non-sexy stuff for somebody else to do. And I feel like sometimes when I'm talking with companies, they think, well, that's going to like change the culture. And it's like, no, it really just builds your culture because internally you get to focus on doing the thing, like doing the, the human stuff, which is what I love when I get to bring in companies and, and resources like you guys. So on that note, are there any like companies that you think you could help that maybe they're not even thinking like that that's a space to dive into? Or is there a space that you would like to help people? Because in the end, it does help their culture. They just sometimes don't always see it right away. You know, I think it just comes down to a lot of people get so entrenched that they don't even know, and I'm sure this speaks to both of us, honestly, um, they don't even know what to offload. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's just that conversation as far as, you know, what are you doing on your daily basis? And, you know, kind of pick out the things that don't make sense for them to do. So mm-hmm. as far as a, a exact company, no, but I think just people being aware of all the things they're doing that they shouldn't do, shouldn't be doing, and them not even realizing it because they're just peddling so fast that they can't, they can't even see what they shouldn't be doing and what they should really be focusing on. Yeah, I like a challenge. So I just took on a client that's a bar and restaurant owner. And all of the stuff I've done in the past, I showed it to her and she's like, that's really cool, but I'm not, I don't need any of that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, all right, give me, let me see what I can do. Show me what you're doing. And so yeah, I came up with all kinds of solutions. Um, I'm looking at scheduling. So they're front of house and back of house. And I can look at what uh, in their past, all of their sales on the in the past, and forecast what their scheduling needs are going to be mm-hmm. on different days of the week and holidays, uh, and just kind of build out a schedule for them. I can do. Uh, they have music that's playing in the restaurant, and so I'm building a little PC that's going to have microphone and sensor, and it's going to detect the volume. Uh, I can look at the things that people are ordering. A lot of people are ordering margaritas. I can play some Mexican music on Spotify. <laughs> you know, we can kind of adjust the volume, yeah, based on how loud it is in the restaurant, as the volume, you know. So basically, I'm I'm just like, yeah, give me your challenges, and I'm sure there's some way we can use AI to automate that. And so they're really excited to get started. And it's all completely new. And then, okay, there's a new niche that I can, you know, approach with those, with those options too. So yeah, I always like, uh, being thrown a curveball just to see what I can do. I never would have imagined tying in the music piece. Like I'm astonished right now. And I'm thinking (laughs) of James just went to a big concert. (laughs) I'm like thinking about the music that you went to see. I'm like thinking about the music with margaritas. I'm like, this is, this is the world we're in. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then it adds into, I mean, that's a really cool space for you because then it adds into the culture of that company company and that space, Mm -hmm. especially bars and restaurants. Um, Our venue partner that we work with when we do our culture events, they have such a unique culture because it's the bar side, it's the restaurant side, it's the brewery side, and then connecting all of those cultures together. So I'm like, 
my brain is thinking of all of these different angles and music. I'm like, how fascinating to loop all of this yeah. together. Well, and there's nothing worse than, than doing schedules for a big company. So yeah. I, I could imagine that's a huge, I mean, we got approached by one company to do that. And I was like, oh, no, that's too much. <laughs> because there's so many caveats to it. And if you yeah. can pull data so yeah. they know exactly how many people they need on at the same time, that's amazing. Yeah. That's absolutely amazing. So. Yeah, I can even look at the hourly rate of each employee and try get their get yeah, um, biggest bang for their buck. This is how much money they're making on average on that day, and let's make sure we don't go over you know budget on right. And so yeah, it's right. I've never done this before, but and without AI, I wouldn't even try well, to take yeah, it on. Well, yeah, there's to too many numbers to because, throw around and figure out. Yeah, yeah, you can just throw all the data in there, and then just in a regular human sentence, just say. <laughs> You know, and it it's usually you got to spend a lot of time crafting the, you know, and refining. But it's, you know, you have to be very specific on the questions you asked it. But it's it's not because the AI is not capable. It's really our weakness and our ability to explain mm-hmm. clearly what we want it to do. And so that's that's a, that's a whole new um, career path. If you've got teenagers in high school, there's a whole new career path uh, called prompt engineering and you can make I, I saw one posting for 250,000 a year just for a prompt engineer that's a job that didn't exist six months ago right and right. so yeah I'm teaching I've got a 16 year old and I'm you know I'm, I'm like okay here <laughs> this right? is a very valuable skill it's just how to talk to these AI right. is, a, is, a, is a skill set right I'm so astonished and actually really excited I feel like sometimes lately um, people are nervous for, you know, the world we live in and all the changes and all the, yeah, some of it's not great. But if you can utilize it in a way that allows you to build and grow your people internally, you know, use the technology, use a company like Project Pros to to offload the bookkeeping and the financial side and, and all of that. And then really grow your your people as people. That's a fascinating opportunity that we have. I mean, I think back, and I've said this before on the show. I think back to my dad. My dad was a frame technician and worked on cars, and I'm pretty sure my dad did not love his job. Mm-hmm. But he went to work, did his job, came home. Like he did it because we had to put food on the table, right? And now that there's so much technology that's involved to allow people to have a little more human component. Yeah, we tap into the non-human side, but I'm actually really excited for the future with the technology and companies like what both of you have. Yeah, I think it'll be a a pretty exciting space to get into. Um, We are getting a little closer on time, so I'm looking over to James. James, I want to know what do you want to know from these two, or I love your stories too, so... I want to tap into you a little bit of as we start to wrap up. Two things. One first one is just a comment, and and I think it's you know outsourcing to enhance your culture, mm-hmm. which I don't think most people would think of, but I that's what keeps coming up over and over and over again. So I guess one of the questions I would have would be, you know, when you've gone into an organization, as far as the management team, what. I mean, when you have a really successful implementation, what's the role of that team? Or what did they, you know, was was the whole team part of you coming in? Was it 
you know, what does management or the team need to do to make that transition or that improvement successful? You know, usually it starts with the owner, you know, obviously, but like the more successful accounts that we're in and they've been with us forever, it's the whole management team on board and offloading the stuff that they hate. I mean, really, it comes down to that and and not having to hire that employee that they thought they would have to hire because we all know the hiring process. It's tedious. It's long. It's making sure you have the right fit. And so, you know, they get a comfort with us and whoever on our team is going to work in there. And um, I think that's the biggest hurdle that we get over is they don't have to go out and hire and they're comfortable with us by the time they've made the decision in full. A lot of times I'll have the CFO and the CMO fighting over me for which one gets the credit for all the things I'm doing for them. And, but yeah, I, I, you know, I like to think of myself as the automation department for an organization. So my job isn't to sell them a solution. It's to handle across from one end of the business to the other, across all the departments, just like in the past, the IT department would handle all of the technical aspects of your internet, your printer, you know, things like that. But all the different departments are going to use the internet and the printer. But so I think of automation as almost like a, a utility. It's, you know, how do we move our data from point A to point B as quick as possible? And how do I cl- unclog the plumbing and, you know, and get it? And so, yeah, I, I like working with... Um, owners of the company or, you know, whoever's kind of in charge. But then at the end of the day, I'll sit down with the actual individual employees and how do you actually do your job from day to day? And, and I'll, I'll just give them little tips along the way. So I try, I don't really start at the top and work my way down. I kind of work on both ends and work my way towards the middle. That's usually how I approach it. Yeah, it seems like that, you, you know, the focus needs to be on the user and the customer experience. Mm-hmm. And so many, so much of the time we focus solely on the customer. Right. And and we haven't talked to the team. I mean, I, I, I do survey monkeys with my team more than I do <laughs> probably with our clients. And, but there's, oh, it's amazing what comes out of some of those. It's also, you know, I'm not a freak, you know, scary person to talk to most of the time. I don't think my youngest daughter might disagree a few times. <laughs> but, but really, I think some of the ideas for, for, for improvement, process improvement have come from, well, it comes from the folks that affects the most. And sometimes they aren't even part of the conversation. Yeah. And I think that's where when you come in, there may even be things that you didn't know about that you're like, oh, did you know that your team spends X amount of time doing this? If they didn't, you know, we could go this route. Yeah, I find that happening a lot is a lot of times there's a disconnect between the managers and the the team. And as long as stuff gets done, the managers, you know, but they don't realize, oh, here's this process that they're doing. And, you know, they don't even need to do that process anymore. A lot of people are kind of afraid to, like, I'll come in and think it's the old days of I'm the efficiency guy. I'm here to replace them. Mm-hmm. But the first thing I do is I'll say, okay, let me let me give you some tools to help you make yourself look good to the higher-ups, too. And so they, they seem to respond well to that. Ben, when you're going in and working with companies, the way that you're using AI and the technology now, I mean, it's changed, I swear, in just months. <laughs> What does that look like five years from now with maybe four, maybe three? We'll have, we'll <laughs> what have, does that look we'll like? We'll have chips in our brains. Oh, geez. <laughs> so we have, 
the main thing we're going to see next right now, chat GPT is, is kind of like a person you talk to that has all this information. Mm -hmm. The next stage is it's going to be more like agents. So you have these bots that will actually be performing tasks and, Elon Musk is working on the humanoid robots that'll be working in factories. And so they're going to have AI brains, but actual have hands and legs and arms. You might see androids at the supermarket going shopping for people. You know, that's where this is heading very soon. So, yeah, it's going to be. That's funny. I always joke around and say that I need like three of me. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not mad about that. If someone yeah, else can do some shopping for me. And I think they're only going to be like $20,000, you huh. know, something like that. I'll get three of them. <laughs> get a massage therapist one. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lori, what about you with Project Pros and the, the growth that you guys have um, what does that look like for you guys in the next few years as well? You know, I think it's, you know, we've really taken a lot of our systems and automated them to the point that they're all talking together, mm -hmm. uh, not to the extent of what Ben is doing. Don't have Taylor Swift sit in my office. You're missing out. But, um, <laughs> but just that automation and making sure that our systems are running really well together. So our customer systems, we can kind of insightfully give that to them also and and helping them just be more efficient because I think efficiency is the wave of the future, obviously. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. James, is there anything else you want to pull from these guys? You know, I just, you know, when I look at the efficiency piece, I look at it different as what than, than the corporate America side. It's just more of, of what bonds us as a team. And, you know, you said something about family earlier. We do say we're family, but we add we're the family you get to choose. Ooh, yes, um, that's a better family. So, <laughs> it, so but I, I, I do think there's, you know, that's one of the things that, that, you know, when you think banking, you don't think constant change. But I look at the last, I look at my whole career and and how things have changed dramatically. The bank I ran before we started this bank seventeen years ago, we were less than half the size, and I had three times the number of employees. And it's not that my folks are working overtime; they spend their time doing different things. And 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 some of that is through automation that that we don't have to do anymore. I mean, when I first started, we did we did uh, cash flow spreads by hand. I mean, it would take me literally all day to do one, which I guess the good part of that is I, I know what it is. I know how it works. Mm -hmm. But then beyond that, it's like I don't need practice every time I do this. If I can just load this in and it takes me 30 minutes or 40 right. minutes instead of a whole day. I mean, just think about how much more you can do in the course of a day or a month or a year. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, we had a calculator and then spreadsheets and then databases and now AI. So it's... It's yeah. yeah. As we wrap up, because it's amazing that that has been an hour already, <laughs> I want to make sure that as people are listening, especially with the the resources that you two provide, and I also see a lot of really cool overlap. So mm -hmm. it'll be neat to see how you guys can kind of partner even too, maybe. But as folks are listening, my one of my favorite things with this podcast are the ones where we really get to showcase resources that are out there. So not just highlighting the companies that do a great job, but then also the resources. And so today I got both. I got James with Gateway Bank with that, you know, awesome company culture that they're growing. And then with the two of you as resources. So as folks are listening, I want to make sure they know how to reach the two of you. 
So Ben, if folks are trying to figure out this Taylor Swift bot and the other things that you can do to help them, how can they reach and connect to you or maybe your bots? I don't know. <laughs> uh, my bots will find you. <laughs> I'm on LinkedIn, Arizona Web Pro, or you can email me, ben at ArizonaWebPro.com. Awesome. And then, Lori, how do, how do folks find you guys and Project Pros? Yep. Uh, on LinkedIn also, um, our website is projectpros.rocks, R-O-C-K-S, and Lori at projectpros.rocks. Awesome. And then as we wrap up, James, I'm so excited that you got to join me today. I'm going to bring you back in a couple of months, too, but this was fun. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. Um, thank you to everyone for listening. This was another episode of the Culture Crush Business Podcast. Culture Crush Business is your hub for company culture resources with deep cultural insights and years of experience and expertise. We evaluate your company's needs and connect you with the resources to cultivate a thriving culture. And before we exit and wrap up, I definitely want to say a little bit more about Gateway Bank. And the fun part is I'm looping James in on this exit as well. This episode was sponsored by Gateway Bank, a community bank in Arizona that specializes in serving small businesses across the valley and the country. We're so thankful to have them as a sponsor and especially to have James as a co-host for today as well. We partnered with Culture Crush because we believe in hiring the best people and building the best company culture for them so they deliver the best experience for you. When you work with Gateway, you don't have to call a 1-800 number for support or anything like that or submit your loan application and wait weeks or months for an answer. You get fast personal service from a team who knows you and cares about you. When Gateway was founded in 2007, the team had a vision of building a hometown bank that prioritizes people over profits. Over 15 years later, we're proud to still be one of the highest performing and highest rated community banks around. Whether you need a loan or banking services for your business, Gateway is here to help. You can visit gcbaz.com forward slash culture crush. That's how you can get details for your free consultation and your chat with bank president, James Christensen. All loans subject to approval, member FDIC. And thanks everyone for listening. Thank you for listening to another episode of Culture Crush the only podcast out there that does a deep dive of companies that are crushing it with a great company culture. If you think your company has a strong culture that should be highlighted, please reach out to Kendra Maples on LinkedIn or email us at culturecrushpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>